0: Hello, Warriors. How are you guys doing this evening? This is Latrice Carter with Horror Movie Warriors. And and this week is my last week of Season 27. And this is the start of a three-episode event. That's right, guys. You get three episodes of me and all of my guests. Tonight, I have just one guest with me. Um, There might be another guest coming, so and uh, hopefully uh, Kelly Dunsmore makes her way um, onto the podcast. But if not, me and Constance Goodrich got this. So, Constance Goodrich is my guest for tonight. You guys have not heard her voice all that much lately. Constance, we have not heard you in a while, I don't think. I think yes. it's, been, it's been a while. Uh, yes,
1: I just busy updating cosplays getting my youtube channel together it's now at 78 subscribers so oh, that's good and uh yeah that's why
0: you
1: guys haven't heard from me i've been doing a lot of my own work
0: yes yes and 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 listen guys her work is amazing her if if you guys don't know lady gray you guys should know lady gray uh, I, I love Lady Grey. I love the stories that she tells. Uh, you, you do have your own, uh, or Lady Grey has her own podcast, does she not? Uh, yes, but it's now on
1: YouTube, uh, strictly called Tales of Lady Grey.
0: Okay, yes. So, listeners, you guys got to get on that. She she has some pretty, Lady Grey has some pretty good tales, let me tell you. And speaking, yeah. oh, go ahead. What, what were you going to say, Constance?
1: Uh, I was just going to say, um... If you guys want to listen to that or any of the stories that I have written because I am a horror story writer, um, go over to Rotten Daughters, R-O-T-N Daughters on YouTube and the podcast should be under the podcast uh, category in the YouTube channel. But...
0: Uh, Yes. Yes. Please go check it out. Um... And um, you know what, I'll probably what I'll probably do is um I'll have you um message me a link, Constance, okay. and I'll put it in my um in my uh box, in my um uh tell tell me um about your episode. You know. Yeah they have that, you know, in the, you know, description is what I'm trying to say. the word just wouldn't come to me until just now. Description, I'll I'll put it in the description box. Um, But uh, 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 speaking of scary stories, we are discussing tonight scary stories to tell in the dark. And Constance got the book. And listeners, I have a confession to make. I've already admitted this to Constance, and now I have to admit it to you. I never knew about the books until... uh, Not even when the movie came out, I didn't even know about the books. I knew about... I did not know about the books until last year. Yeah, I know. Duh, right? But, in my defense, while I was growing up, because um, I read that the books came out in, like, the 80s or something, but when, when I was a teenager, oh, I had read was R. L. Stein and Christopher Pike. Mm-hmm. So those are my go to, especially Fear Street. I mean, oh my goodness, I love the Fear Street books. And let me tell you, I was a happy somebody when they finally made Fear Street into a dang movie. It it only took like years and years and years. Oh, just, yeah. just like I'm sure everybody was glad that um they made scary stories to tell in the dark. Now my my only My only flex with scary stories to tell in the dark is that I think that maybe it should have been an an anthology film as opposed to one, you know, one long story. You know, I think that they could have broken it up. And, you know, like, you know, Harold could have killed um, Tommy, you know, in, in their own, in their own segment. You know that, I don't know. But the movie is good. Don't get me wrong. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the feel of it. You know, you know, I'm an old school soul kind of girl, um, Constance. And yeah. I love that it was set in 1968. I love that. Yeah. I love that old school. That just that whole feel of this. And I love that song. It must be the season of the witch. I actually okay. really love that song. It's catchy. It's a it catchy is. song. <laughs> so and, and you know so um, but but yeah. So so Constance, Constance what do you think about it? you're you're holding the book right now? It's like you're it's like you're bragging. What like, you know?
1: I'm not bragging. This book. <laughs> This book right here is one of my favorites on the shelf. So. <laughs> no, um. Like I said before, guys, I am a horror story writer. I write my own horror stories, and I just started doing horror story series. So I'm starting to get into more of a publishing ready book. Mm-hmm. Look that way. But, um, as a kid, guys, this book right here. Well, not this one. This one was made shortly after the movie and they just combined all three books into one book. Mm -hmm. But um, as a kid I could not read them in school because they were pulled out of the library due to parents complaining that the pictures were disturbing, the stories were not right for our young minds, and they were banned from
0: our schools at oh, really? the time really
1: so,
0: oh what year um, was this uh 86 oh my gosh
1: like 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 well not exactly 86 but you know kind of like kind of that
0: oh sh- shoot every yeah. I, there is nothing new under the sun because they're doing the same exact thing today
1: yep so basically my aunt i wanted to read the book so bad that my aunt went to a bookstore defeated the purpose of the schools keeping me from reading it and she went and bought me all three volumes well mm. at the time there was the first volume let me put it that way it was only the first volume and then later on she went and bought me the other two but um i basically was in all of these stories these are like campfire stories oh yeah the-
0: and that's another thing that i loved about it Like I said, said, they had a whole type of feel to them.
1: And what also gives the story life are, and I know she's seen this, but you guys probably aren't, because of course you're on the podcast, but the illustrations, the pictures that were drawn with each story. Yes.
0: So,
1: and again, I mean, this book was banned worldwide around every school library that parents could get it out of and later on i mean they started losing that battle of course they came back into schools but i love the fact that they turned this into a movie and to start it off they put three of my favorite characters in there the pale woman the jenga man and harold those Mm -hmm. are three of my favorite stories
0: so well, well, well. We're gonna hop on into it. we're gonna hop on into the um, questions, and, and my um, first question is, who was your favorite character, uh, Constance? Uh,
1: mine was always was always remote. I liked I always liked the mysterious character that rolls into town mm-hmm. in movies like this. You don't know nothing about him. You don't know why he's in the town, and you don't know why he's even in the movie at first. You just know he's some random guy who just shows up. And later on, later on you find out the crushing truth of why he's really there. He's really running from something and it's just like... It's just... I loved how of a bad boy he was, too. (laughs) He was bad boy, but he was very kind and sweet. So... Yes. I was very in... Intrigued with him, so that's why I like him so much. He, he just drew me in the moment that he started that movie. So,
0: yes, yes, Taskins. Can you guess my favorite character?
1: Same one, yes.
0: <laughs> I loved Ramon. Oh, my goodness, he he that was my boy right there. He didn't let those punks face him one bit. He just, he just said, he just said, you smell like boo boo. Get off my car. <laughs> well, I can't say the other word. <laughs> but um, uh, but no, he, he he, that was my boy. He, he I, I and I loved um his and Stella's relationship too. I loved Talib flourished throughout the whole movie. You know, if 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 it was an anthology film, they could have like made a wraparound with them. You know, at the at the helm of it. You know, uh, I don't know what they could have did, but they could have did something. I I, I don't I don't know. I, I I well, I guess me, I'm just a big fan of anthologies. I love anthologies. I love Creepshow too. It's my favorite. And as, as matter of fact, me and Jay Bullington did our discussion um, on our birthday. Birthdays on uh, Creepshow too. That's a good. Yes. That's a good discussion. yes, and, is- yes, and um, and uh, uh, Tales from the Crypt. The 1970. Um, I think it came out in 1974. I love that that movie. Um, just anthologies. Period. Uh, Tales from the Dark Side. The movie. Remember yes. that? Uh, yes. I, I I I love anthologies.
1: And and we can't forget about. Uh, goosebumps, when they made their
0: show. Yes. So. yes, yes. The Goosebumps show was fantastic. Yes. Fan freaking fantastic. Um, are You Afraid of the Dark?
1: Yes, another good cool one. Nickelodeon.
0: Yes, I, I just love anthologies. And you know what? Um, Body Bags with John Carpenter. Yes, I don't know if you I guys have, have seen that one. Too. Oh my gosh, that's a great anthology. I just, I, and, and, um, somebody, somebody out there somewhere, they have got to go ahead and make um, scary stories to tell in a dark anthology because I, I I, think that the stories that they could tell, the stories that they didn't tell, that that are already in the book, like um, Castus, what are some of the stories that you liked that was in the book
1: Oh, God. Because, you know, I,
0: I've never, I haven't read the book yet to remember. So, and but you have.
1: Well, I mean, there are so many good, okay, let me start off by saying there are so many good stories in here. Mm-hmm. There's one that I don't like. I mean, there's, I mean, all of these stories I love to death. So I can't tell you there's one that I don't like, you know. Right. But, um, like, definitely the ones that I really, I'm into, like I said, I'm into Harold I'll read that story thousand times over. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pell Lady. I'll read that one. Uh, spider Bite. Mm-hmm. I'll read that one. Um, or I'm sorry, the Spot. If, if oh yeah, the that's spot.
0: that's what it's called, Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, but um, the one that I love that I wish they would put into it would be, and I forget the name of the story already i'll have to look it up again but it is about a man or i think it's actually a woman no i think it's a man i think it's a man Mm -hmm. but um he is walking around town and everybody's freaking out when they see him and they he keeps asking why everyone's so alarmed and why everyone's so panicked and come to find out at the end he died it was his funeral and his dead body was walking around. He was riddling his own dead body walking around. Oh. So, I mean, that was like my, one of my favorite juice. I wish they would've, I wish at some point they'll put that one in there because I think that would make for a good scene. Mm-hmm. But, you know.
0: Yeah, whether they make it a TV show or a anthology movie. If something needs to be done with this. Uh, you know, they, they, there needs to be a sequel done. There needs to be either, you know, or just make it a dang TV series. Like um, like I mentioned it just a few minutes ago. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, or even Tales from the Crypt, you know. So, yeah, somebody out there needs to make this happen. We're just saying Okay, so who was your least favorite character, Constance?
1: Uh, Tommy. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I actually Tommy. should have
0: said, let's go one, two, three. Tommy. Uh,
1: okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Tommy. Okay, yes, I know. There are a lot of Tommy, like, fake uh, characters in films like this. So you're always oh, going yeah. to Oh, yeah,
0: you're always going to have... But can I just ask you, uh, let me tell you something about this tiny character. I thought that he was demonic. More so than the stories themselves. I yes. thought that I thought that he was just evil. I thought yes, he, he was the monster. I mean oh my God, I mean the way that he I, I don't know now listen, I don't know if the director told him to do that. I don't know if the casting Whoever did the casting said, you know, just play this as demonic as possible. Because the, the dude was, he, I mean, he didn't laugh, he didn't smile, he didn't and the way and when he talked, he talked like kind of robotic like. And I'm like, Wait a minute. Is he demonic in real life? I I mean, I'm just saying, because he I mean, he doesn't, he's not showing me any kind of emotion except for. get out the car everybody needs to get out you know and, and it, it just it, the way he sounded was demonic I mean <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong Constance but the way he sounded was straight up demonic
1: well actually I thought I, I mean I agree with you that that's why I could not stand him because unlike most of the characters like that that are just cruel and mean and just like think that they die sorry guys my kids yeah Um. so basically like I said Tommy like Tommy's character I know there's gonna be one like that almost every teenage type movie like this Yeah. but um just the fact that you know let's push past the fact that he's a jock and that he's part of this group of kids who go around and cause trouble around town and maybe the the adults are too afraid to deal with him because of how he is yada 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 i agree with you that's what that's what kind of made me hate him that off tone he had yes his attitude it was like he was almost like possessed
0: yes after,
1: yes after. so i mean that i mean that that's kind of what threw me away from him it wasn't so much his attitude it was the way that he presented himself
0: yes oh my gosh and, and i mean he, he just had no remorse and so <laughs> i don't know if i don't when he when his death scene or whatever it was Kane, I didn't know if we were, were supposed to feel sorry for him or if we were going supposed to cheer. I, I, I have to say I cheered, <laughs> but I didn't know if I was supposed to do that or not.
1: <laughs> oh, it's funny that, that every time I see that scene, I'm really sitting on the couch, couch going, get him
0: Harold, get him, get him. Yes, yes. yes. Get him, get him. <laughs> I'm like, yay, yes. You turned into a scarecrow. That's a fitting punishment for you, yes. sir. <laughs> and after, come on, come on. He
1: beat up Harold pretty bad. I,
0: yeah, you know, and I, for no reason. And that, and that's another reason why I thought that maybe that he was possessed or something. Because I'm like, okay, dude, it's a scarecrow. You know what? What did it do to you? well, I guess in the end it did kind of kill him, but but before it didn't do anything to him. Well, okay, so we know that we have the same favorite and least favorite character. Which we always do. Me and you, we always always, uh, have the, almost the same answers every single time. Uh, Okay, so which scene scared you or made you jump?
1: the most? Uh, let's see. Mine, mine was probably the Hell Lady scene. Just the whole atmosphere of the hallway going red. Uh-huh. And, Chuck, and Chuck freaking out already. And you know she's coming, but you don't know exactly where or when. Uh-huh. And it's her, it's her coming up from the floor that just made me jump because yeah it was just like oh my god i would be i'd be running too if that thing just came up from the floor like that
0: yes and well for me it was um the spider bites i do not get along with spiders at all um hate spiders with every fiber in my being. Um. <laughs> so when this, uh, so when this steam came up, I was like, "Oh my God! Get get all of it off her! Go fire! Kill her with fire! <laughs> you know! And no, it's not her fault, but kill her with fire! She has all these things, spiders, on type of her." My guys, uh yeah, the the spot when the uh, when the spot actually, you know, burst and all those spiders came out oh my yeah. god. Oh, I can't even think right. about it right now.
1: Well see and I, I I mean that that's the other one that kinda got me too, because I mean think about it. Think about it. we all get spider bites and the last thing we want to imagine is our that bite getting so big and your face gets blown open and these
0: baby spiders come crawling out i totally understand that that that's just creepy Uh, that is a fear especially for brian oh my goodness brian cannot look at that scene he can't watch anything with spiders because he hates them so much and in august in august i'm discussing uh is it no no yeah 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 in august i'm i'm um discussing arachnophobia and he won't. He won't even touch that movie. <laughs> and he won't even touch it. All right. So, uh, well, what was your favorite scene? Not so much the scene that scares you, but your favorite scene. What? What was? Your, what was it?
1: Oh, my favorite, like the uh, basically the whole scene where her and Sarah Bellows are basically in that room together and she's there begging Sarah to just stop her stories that she will tell her story and tell it truthfully and make her known that she's not this monster that everybody says she was and that she's only trying to, you know, show her family for what they really were. That scene really got me a little bit because you saw that not every enemy that is said to be an enemy sometimes right. they're just falsely
0: justified
1: so mm-hmm. and that's how, how i felt
0: Sarah was oh we're, go- like we're gonna talk more about that later we are we are going to talk more about that later um i that um got me with the um how does it pertain to the bible Thing, and we are going to get into that. That that that's good. That's so good, um, Constance, because you're right. You know, um, Sarah, she just wanted somebody to hear her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They, she wanted somebody to to know that that it's not. It wasn't me. It was my family, and they have you all thinking that it was me, but it wasn't. And you know. It, yeah it is uh, I mean it's um and you, you know all movies like this, you know, uh, I have been doing this for four years now. and uh, the horror movies are more uh, they are more deeper than me CI. And uh, yeah. I, I
1: mean
0: I, I, I you know <laughs> and I, I'm sorry if I do ruin the movies for people for people, you know, with my Christian stance on it. But but I, I mean I, it's the truth. I mean these movies are more deeper than we think that they are, and mm-hmm. sometimes uh, and, and I'm I'm really getting ahead of myself, by I'm um, saying all this. But sometimes the stories are rooted in truth. Yes. Sometimes the they are rooted in truth and. And, and and I'll talk more about that when we get to the question. But um, but my um favorite scene is uh is when Tommy is turned into a scarecrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just can't help it. I I love that scene. I love it when he's uh, when he starts to choke. I'm like, yes, choke on it, Tommy. Choke on it. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. I I, I do. I do like that scene, too. For me, though, it was the look on his face when he gets stabbed from behind with a pitchfork. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, my goodness. Had he lived, do you think... Well, and maybe it was in the story. I don't know. But uh, had he lived, do you think that he would have been a changed Tommy? Maybe.
1: Maybe, but I don't know. But I'm just like, all I know is it's kind of the same way in the story, but it's, uh, um, it's it's mostly Harold being tortured, should I say, by the characters? Oh, okay. Like, Like, they misuse they you know, they mistreat him, they, you know, just because they think he's an inanimate object type thing. So,
0: Oh, so so in the story, Harold was always a scarecrow or was he turned into a scarecrow?
1: Let me grab my book real quick because I know um, it's been a while since I've read that story.
0: Oh, okay. She's grabbing her book, listeners. That's why there's dead silence right now. But um, I, um, I, 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 um, I did. It. I did. I love that scarecrow scene. I cannot tell a lie. Um, uh, the CGI was pretty, uh, was okay in this movie. I thought uh, um, they did. They did the the spider scene very well. I mean, <laughs> scared me at the death. Look, looking at the spiders that came out of her face, and uh, and the uh, the lady that Constance was talking about that uh, observed, uh, uh, kind of like absorbs. Um, That's how uh, that
1: lady. To,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, uh, that was done well too. I thought so. Uh, they really did. Uh, their um special effects and the cgi which i really am not a fan of cgi all that much um because i tend to think that cgi sometimes will make make a movie horrible but um but i've got to admit that the cgi for this movie was really good and uh so yeah well you got your book out since
1: Yes, so basically I was right. Harold was fashioned out, uh, was fashioned to scare away birds in a, a farmer's house between two brothers, St. Thomas and Alfred. And they made this doll to look like a neighboring farmer that they hated to basically be able to mock him, make fun of him, watch him hanging there Oh since they, no.
0: could, they,
1: since they couldn't do it to the real person. So they made a mock-up doll or scarecrow to look like the farmer that did, but it's like the scarecrow grew consciousness and decided to attack both of the brothers.
0: Uh, ah. Okay. Alright. Yeah. All right. Well, well, Constance, I have to take a little break, but when we get back, I will um be asking you the next question on the on the uh, on my notes. <laughs> so uh we will be right back, guys All right, Warriors, we are back, and, um, okay, Constance, the next, um, question that I have is, which scene is your least favorite, if you have one, if you have a least favorite scene, what is, what
1: is? Uh, mine would just be just the fact that hearing the, how can i say this the recording of sarah bellows when they put her in the asylum oh yeah and come to find out that that was her brother of all people who was doing that to her yeah so that 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 recording got me kind of angry yeah
0: they
1: were blaming stuff on her so they could cover up for their sins
0: right right yep Yeah, yeah. like I said, this movie is so much more deeper than meets the eye, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, my gosh, I mean, who would do that? You know, what kind of family is that, you know, that would torture, you know, your own flesh and blood for something that you know that you did, you know? Mm -hmm. But I, I, I must say, Constance, even worse than that part for me was... Every time that um, uh, I think it was the chief, every yeah. time he would run into Ramon, and the way that he would just basically uh, uh, profile him—that's what he did. Yeah. You know, he kind of profiled him. You know, uh, and, and you know he was like, um, uh, and then and, and then to make matters worse. Tommy calls him a slur, a racial slur. Yeah, and I didn't like that one. bit. I'm not gonna say what what he said, guys. I well, I just won't do if it. We're talking, if we're talking about like bad scenes
1: like that, I think my one and number two for me for that, them coming out of the house after they get out the first time. Oh yeah. Uh, and on his car, he has a racial slur on the front and
0: back of his car. Yeah, yeah, it, it it it's just not called for. It's no. not called for at all. And um, uh, you know, of course, you know, uh, you know, in like you said, we always in these type of movies, we always have to have you know a a teenager that is a bully. You know, mm-hmm. whether it be a boy or a girl, we always have to have a bully. You know, um, uh, because they are the um how do you say the antagonist yeah so um so yeah i understand that but i i just don't see you know i just uh the the racial just the racial slurs and the you know the racial profiling and stuff like that i just oh i can't i can't but but I love the fact that Ramon wasn't fazed by it, and I do like like the fact that you know he did. Ramon did have a change of heart about going to uh, the service. Mm-hmm. You know he he did go to the service. He um uh he finally embraced it. He said, "Okay, I'll go." you know, and I love, love the fact that Stella was there with him and she saw him on his way. I like that. I I love their relationship. I do, too. Yes, so, uh, but, um, okay, so, uh, two. Okay, so, um, whose kill scene was, um, I mean, Besides that, well, actually, we didn't really have that many kill scenes, did we? No, no, no. we, there was only, um,
1: there, there was only Tommy's, uh, Augie's, Chuck's, and, uh,
0: and, and they're not even dead. Well, the movie alluded to them not being dead.
1: No, they're just dragged, they are just dragged into the story.
0: That's all they Yeah, were. so. But,
1: you want to talk about death scene? I think the only true one who died was the, the was the cop. The ter- yeah,
0: yeah it was the cop. He yeah, because he had a, he got his neck broken. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So okay. Now, I don't know if Chuck and Augie are in the books.
1: Like no. I said,
0: I keep no. you know yeah. I I never read the books, so I don't know if they're in the <laughs> books or not, but. If they are still alive in the story, I I wonder what we can do or what the writers could do with that.
1: Well, and from the way that the movie ends, it almost suggests that there is going to be a second one where Stella is trying to maybe unwrite them back out of the book to save them. From the way she was talking
0: yeah because c- she Definitely. she said that we will never stop you know looking you know and then it you know it goes to it flashes to um Chuck's sister so yeah. you know we know that the uh the story can be rewritten mm-hmm. i don't know it just feels like it feels like it's not it wasn't uh it wasn't over the, yeah the, see that,
1: that's why i think there's gonna be a sequel or something at some point where
0: well they, they did say um let me see i think i did read that it is in development uh I, i'm pretty sure i read it somewhere i uh i forget where i read it at but um i wouldn't say it's in the wikipedia let me see uh I want to say that they are that they are going to make another one. Let me see here. Uh okay, I'm looking it up right now. Hmm. To where are you? Yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't make another one. I don't either. I don't either. Uh, and um, they really, really should. Uh, let me see. I'm going. To, okay, the sequel. Um, on April twenty third, um, on April twenty third, twenty twenty, it was announced that a sequel to the film is officially in development with. Aubrey returning to direct and Paramount Pictures. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Paramount Pictures is involved in it too. Um Let's see, Zoe Colletti, Michael Garza, Natalie Ganzorn, and Dean Norris are set to reprise their roles. With, Cam, mm-hmm. with Dan and Kevin Hagman returning as writers and Gullamaro del Toro returning as producer. So mm-hmm. so there we there we have it. They are uh, a sequel is in development, but it doesn't say when uh, unfortunately, does it doesn't say when, yeah, it'll be out. Because it uh, it says here, this was on April 23rd, 2020. So mm-hmm. that was, what, three years ago?
1: Yeah, that was three years ago.
0: So, yeah. So... Uh, if any of the writers or any of the producers or the, maybe even the director, if they're listening to, to this podcast or if anybody associated with them is listening to the podcast, we need that sequel ASAP. Yes, we do. We do. We really need it ASAP. All right. Well, okay. Okay. On to my last question. Oh, my goodness. Like We kind of just flew by the questions. <laughs> Uh, um, how does scary stories to tell in the dark pertain to the Bible? And this is oh my God, girl, I, I, this is one of my favorite questions, as you already know. Uh, but um, I'll go ahead and go first, Constance. I, I was thinking about, I was thinking about Sarah Bellows and her family blaming her for their sins. And when I went to look up scriptures, I found one that kind of fit. Um, and it, and this is the scripture. It says, "For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away; through my groaning all day long. Um, for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me; my strength was dried up as by the uh, as by the heat of summer." Selah, I, I I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Selah. And that was Proverbs 32 3 through 5. Can you imagine being Sarah and knowing her? family secret if she didn't believe if she um we we don't know if sarah and her family believed in god or not they didn't go into all that but if she had believed in god or her family if they have been a god or if they didn't believe in god i'm sorry she had nobody to tell it to she had nobody to tell you know my my family's secrets to you know because you know if you confess to god he is just to forgive you and you know um that's all scripture and and she if she didn't believe in god she had nobody to tell it to she had no you know and um so she wrote it down <laughs> she wrote scary stories She had to get the story out somehow. And this is why if we believe in God, it is always good to confess your sins, whatever they are, big or small. God and God alone is the forgiver of sins. Nobody else. It really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. God's God's forgiveness lifts burdens off of us. And Sarah Bellows carried a huge burden, which is why she wrote the stories in the first place. Oh, and oh yeah, there are scriptures on mythology as well. Because remember, um, Ruth was saying how, well, Sarah Bellows is a myth, you know. One Greek scripture is um, 1 Timothy 1 and 4. It says, uh, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. See, God wants us to believe in in, and have faith in him, not the monsters or the scary stories or the scary movies that that entertain us. I do understand, though, that some stories, no matter how fictional they are, Are Rooted in some truth like I said before they are some of them are rooted in truth Not that we lift these stories above or before God But some myths are in fact rooted in truth Example a lot of people believe that Jesus is a myth. He's not but a lot of people believe that he is
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But he's, he's not That's just one example. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and and Castus, I'll ask you, if you don't have an opinion, girl, you know you don't have to answer this question, but how does it pertain to the Bible in your opinion, if you have an opinion at all?
1: Well, mine comes more from kind of understanding where Sarah Bella is coming from. Oh, yeah. When you're different, And you don't have many friends in the first place. Mm -hmm. It is so easy to look upon people like that and be like, Oh, we did all this stuff wrong. Guess what? We could just blame them and everybody would hate them. And because everyone already sees them as the strange people. Mm -hmm. It's like, I saw an empathy of sadness within her
0: oh yeah in that
1: in that scene where she was being told hey i understand what you're going through but you can't keep writing these scary stories you have to let the rage go you have to let your fury go all oh, right and like i'll tell your story i'll tell the truth i'll tell people it was not the way that people have been told it was and it's like For once in your life, having somebody go from being isolated away from a world where no one understands them, suddenly one odd person out understands you. And suddenly you don't know how to act to it, but you feel warm inside. So it almost like, so it almost like sent Sarah to rest for good at that point, because she knew at least somebody would defend her for once and to her. And I think that's where we fall short in today's world. We have too many people who, if you're not a certain group, like, you know, kind of group, or yeah. you're not a certain expectation of the world, Yeah. You, know, you get this point where you're all of a sudden the outcast, the freak, the person who don't belong, and they wonder yes, why you're even. You're even there and how you fit in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I dare say there are some people out there who see you as a parasite and they just rather get rid of you. Yeah. You know? So they'll try to do everything in their power, demote your strength, start telling lies about you, going yeah. on, trying to destroy you. And it's like, that's kind of what happened with Sarah. Her family saw just because she had a disorder where her skin was pale right Mm -hmm. so they decided you know what she already looks different how about we just blame it all on her
0: right right
1: i mean in my view this has a lot to do with you know being true to yourself no matter what anybody says or does to you yeah and looking for the people who support you and love
0: you for who you are. Exactly. That's so right. I mean
1: that, that's my view on this movie. It just kind of shows that you should treat everyone with the same level of respect, no matter how they are, what life they live, or you know.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. See, this movie is is, is just oh my gosh, just one of many, you know, that that is just deeper than we see I. I tell you. Well, guys, I don't have any more questions, but I do have five fun facts to share. And these are, uh, uh, and I say it every every, um, episode, but these facts are very, very interesting. Um, My fun fact number one is um, contortionist Troy James, who appeared on America's Got Talent, portrayed the jangly man. CGI mm-hmm. enhanced the movements of, of his face, but he performed the movements of walking backwards and crawling upside down himself. Um, my fun thing number two is Augie's costume. Now, did, now Augie's costume did intrigue me. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Augie's costume, as um, continually explained by him, is not a clown, but a pirate. Pirates is a is a, a stock character of mime, and the Comedia dell'Arte. Uh, Pirates is a white-faced character played without a mask, who is usually cast as a servant with unrequited love for a character named Columbine. Um, Columbine, yeah, Columbine. Um. Pirate is usually the um, butt of jokes who plays pranks on main characters and is often called the Sourful Jokester. In addition, the white makeup of Pirate is the inspiration in part for the modern white-faced clown. Now, I kind of have, I have to ask my grandmother, Um, because, you know, she was around in 1968. Um, I asked my grandmother, I said, isn't that kind of racist? Because, you know, you have the white face and then you have the black face and, you know, people, you know, um, people think of, especially black people, we think of the black face as racist. And, and I was thinking maybe the white face was racist as well. I, I you know, uh, I don't pretend to, you know, know these things, but um, I, you know, I'm like, okay. I, I don't, she, she was like, oh, and I, I just gotta say, neither one of those to us is racist. I I, I never really felt that even the black face was written. I'm sure you know, to all of my African Amer- American um listeners, uh, I, I just didn't. i I really never saw it as a racist act. That's mm-hmm. just me. you know that's that's just me. A lot of people, you know, do think of that as racist. Um, but but it did get me to thinking, well, then, if blackface is racist, white face must be racist too. You know, th- th- that's just my opinion on it. Mm-hmm. But um, well, my fun fact number three is um, the musical theme that plays throughout the film is the Hearst song, which is another story from the books. Yes. <laughs> so, what is the okay? So, what is the Hearst story about, Connie? Kind of?
1: it's not really a story it's more of um a song that was made and um basically it just talks about being respectful of the dead because you don't know you may be the next one in that hearse in the coffin driving by Mm -hmm. and and, um basically just the truth
0: Oh, go ahead, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I was just saying that's the truth. You know, uh, it, we don't know when it's going to be our time that's going to be in that hurt, So we better respect it. Uh, I, I agree with you. Uh, what what else uh, were you saying, Constance? Basically, um,
1: basically with that song or people either say it's a song or kind of a poem <laughs> almost but um it also kind of digs deep into what happens while you're buried underground how the worms start eating you from the inside and start climbing out of your cat you know eye right, right, worms, right, stuff like that and it was just like a story that and i will and i know this for a fact this is why this book was banned in libraries because the parents would read that particular story and they did not like the fact that children were being told just what happens when, when someone they die. Dies. Yeah. Yes.
0: So and, I'm pretty and, sure that was that <laughs> that has something to do with it. I'm sure.
1: Yes, but I mean that's not the only reason this book was banned for the main reason that one, the stories they felt were too mature at the time for young, for the mindset. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, The illustrations that were drawn along with the pictures were too horrifying and ungodly by some of the parents. And um, it was like for us kids it was one of the saddest things that we had to go through because we really love those books. So well, I mean,
0: maybe they never heard of the Grimm's tales, <laughs> or or uh, maybe they didn't know that um, the the um, the uh, fairy tales that they used to read to us children were mm-hmm. were very dark to begin with. Well, okay. and,
1: the, and I I agree with you on that. They have. Um, they have a very dark tone for grand fairy tales.
0: So, um, uh, there, um, there's one tale in particular, of uh, "Little Red Riding Hood." Hello, was about a werewolf that kills Little Red Riding Hood.
1: Yep, and eats her grandmother too.
0: Eats her grandmother too. Uh, what was the other story? Oh, uh Jack and the Beanstalk went up against the giant. And I think in the Grimm's tale, I think he killed Jack, didn't he?
1: Yes, he did. And then and then there's the all uh favorite two stories that you hear just all over the internet. The Little Mermaid, where not only does she not end up getting the prince, but she ends up turning into a withered seaweed.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: End of the movie. Uh-huh. I mean, at the end of the, of the story. Or Cinderella, where in order for them to really be so seclusive that the prince was going to marry them, both of the sisters, one cut off her toe and the other one cut, cut off her heel to fit into the shoe.
0: Oh, my gosh, yes, yep, I remember, yes, I remember hearing about that. So, yeah, I mean, come come on, uh, parents, be better. I mean, come on, don't ban the books just because we, uh, li- listen, God knows, okay, who who is for him and, and against him, okay? He knows our heart so let's not use the books to say oh we have to get rid of that because it's ungodly whatever because you were doing something the other day that you were not supposed to be doing (laughs) well
1: and, and and here's the thing i'm gonna say to like i've always wanted to say with those parents you know for a fact that you're gonna ban this book but then you got kids like me we're so driven to read them. We will we have other family members who will go yeah.
0: You know, if my if my niece came to me and said, Auntie, I really want to read this, but listen, I will go to the library and if it's not, you know, of course, if it's not X rated, if it's not if it doesn't have any sexual overtones, because she's ten. She's ten. She doesn't need to know about sex just yet. Mm-hmm. So Although she probably does know about six. <laughs> they, they, they're getting younger and younger. Uh no and no, they don't have to even know about it in at school, okay? They're they're hearing about it from from just anywhere now. Um, but but yeah, I mean, depending on the book, I would, you know, I would be that aunt, like your aunt was, Constance. Mm-hmm. I would get I would get that book for her. You know, I, I, from a library, I'd buy it or whatever. Like, some of Stephen King's books, I think, would be okay for a teen girl to read. hmm Some of her, hey, honey. Uh, some of her, uh, some of his um, short stories, you know. I, I don't think I would like her to read any of his novels. I mm-hmm. do think that they may be a bit much for her. But his short stories, I would... Are, if she would if, if if I knew that she would have an interest in them because like me, I, I had an interest in um my brother's aunt, um, because me and my youngest brother, we have different fathers. And mm-hmm. so, you know, um my brother's aunt, she used to always, always have um Stephen King books. And so when when I expressed an interest in them, although I think I was a little bit older, I might have been in sixth or seventh grade when I um would um see her books. Mm-hmm. And she let me, she let me read them. She did. She I I I read Cujo, I read It, I read I read a lot of Stephen King's novels, even though I'm not really a big fan of Stephen King's novels, I'd much rather read his short stories. So but um, but yeah so yeah I, I have no idea how we got on that subject I but <laughs> but we are about to take one last little break and when I get back I'll be reading the last two fun facts I will be right back uh, warriors. right warriors and we are back and um i hope you guys like the music that um, that me and bryant put in the middle for um uh for like the pause moments <laughs> we have some music that we put in between i hope you guys like it um but um my fun thing number four Oh, you might like this. uh oh, you'll probably love this one, Constance. Um okay. the, the cover of Foreman, uh oh, I'm, I'm sorry, the cover of Famous Creatures magazine, a nod to Forrest J. Ackerman's famous monsters of filmland, which Ramon finds in Stella's room, is the same as that of an ace paperback weird story collection called the macabre reader edited by donald a willem or walking in 1959 i tell you i love i love the old school feel in this i did too i love it um okay um my fun fact number five is um cbs films acquired the rights to the book series in 2015. Five years later, it was announced that Go- Gallermo um, del Toro, he has such a hard name to pronounce, um, would co-write and produce the film Adaption. Del Toro decided to create a joint narrative that incorporated some of the more prominent monsters and wasn't going to shy away from the horrifying source material. He wanted to create a film for younger viewers that The Hollywood Reporter now describes as arguably essential to fostering the next generation of horror fans. And now we move on to the cast and crew that has passed on. And of course, you nobody know, you know, this movie is fairly recent. It came out in 2019 and um so we there really are no deaths um from the cast or from the crew however however um the writer of the books um Alvin Schwartz yep uh he passed away on March 14, 1992 due to lymphoma. and he was 62 years old mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, um, and now we move on to my group's reaction, and I got a lot of responses to sign, but that's only because I now know what to do. I now know that to tag everybody in the post. All I have to do is just tag everyone, and everybody will see the post. Well, I got a lot of the responses. Um I got a lot of responses. Uh, let me see. Uh, but I will only be reading off three. I will only be reading off three of song, uh, responses. Um, the questions that I asked were um, uh, what's your favorite scene? Who's your favorite character? And do you think they should make it into an anthology TV show? Um, let's see here. I have 12 comments. Uh, but Instead of reading all 12 out 12, I will just read three. Uh, Matt Mahone says, For a PG-13 horror, it wasn't bad. I liked it a lot, actually. It was a well-done movie. Someone said it would be a good series. I agree with that. We need some fresh stuff. There has not been a great anthology since the rebirth of Creepshow. I'm guessing it's canceled now. The two-sentence horror on CW was okay as well. My favorite scene was the scarecrow, Harold. There is something creepy about scarecrows. Anyone see Husk? I have not seen Husk yet, but it is on my list to watch. Uh, Let's see. uh, Oh, Paul Kalha says, I loved it. Harold was an old favorite. I was a bit disappointed when it was announced that it wasn't going to be done like a traditional anthology movie, and it appears that they are not going to complete the story with a proper sequel, but this has become a Halloween season tradition, with the double feature of this and Trick or Treat. Uh, if done as an anthology TV series, I would prefer it to be done traditionally and separate from the movie, like Tales from the Crypt or Tales from the Dark Side. Nice. Yes, and Erica Nicole Mills said red light hallway scene, I can't remember the girl character story, but she walks down the hall and like observes the guy. So it, I guess that was her favorite scene. She didn't say that it was her least or favorite, but this is the scene that she wrote down. So yeah, so yep, those are the three that I that I went with.
1: <laughs> Hi.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I thank you to uh, it, any of the warriors that are on the group page listening to this episode. Thank you for your cooperation. <laughs> Oh uh, gosh, but, uh, well, Constance, I have no more questions. I have no more fun facts and, um, no, but no, absolutely nobody, but the author of the book has passed on and, um, I've already read off the group's reactions. So we are at the end of the podcast. Constance, thank you so much for being here with me. Uh, I'm so sa- sad that Kelly Dunsmore was not able to join okay. us, but uh, she might be with us on Saturday. She, um, uh, Saturday is uh, when I'm discussing Megan. And Constance, yes. I think you're uh, on that discussion as well. Uh, Kelly Dunsmore hopefully will be there. Um, Ingrid Hubert, our favorite, Miss Ingrid.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, Mick
0: Mack. Will be um, with us uh, on Saturday. Um, and tomorrow, I am discussing one of my favorite movies, which is kind of weird because I don't like the I, I don't like the original as much as I like this one, Carrie, two thousand two. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to be discussing that movie tomorrow. And um, let me just I can I just tell you, Constance. The Carrie in the 2002 movie reminds me so much of you. It's not that funny. Yes. Angela Bettis, she looks like you.
1: Mm -hmm. I actually have had friends before say that as well. (laughs) They're like, wait a minute. Did you play in a movie? And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, this. (laughs) "Uh, No, that's not me. But she does look (laughs) like
0: Angela Bettis and, and and it's just like um the way that she embodied Carrie in
1: yeah. my
0: opinion I mean don't get me wrong Sissy Spacek is so good she was so good in the 76 film but but in the 2002 film I felt like Ant- Angela Bettis just kind of took over the role of Carrie I, yeah. uh, I just think that she made her her own uh made carry her own uh even though you know uh and the movie was kind of expanded on what the original uh did so you guys are just gonna have to stay tuned for that discussion uh i'm discussing that with matt that's our other favorite matt and um uh richard moylan it's going to be on that episode. Uh, uh, and Richard Moyland was actually on the original Carrie uh, episode uh, as well. I don't know if you guys have uh, heard um, that episode or not, but we had a really good time discussing the original Carrie. Constance, if you haven't heard that, I recommend that episode, honey. Oh, yeah, definitely. I do recommend it. So, uh, well, guys, that is all for me for tonight. Uh, again you get two more episodes carrie the 2002 version and megan the, the that movie came out like last year so <laughs> but um well until tomorrow night guys this has been latrice carter and Constance goodrich and we'll see you guys later bye guys bye.